In our first episode of our hysterectomy series, we are talking about everything you need to know before you have a hysterectomy. Let's dive in. Hi, I'm Jessica Vallant, a physical therapist and Pilates teacher, and I'm here to bring science-based knowledge, understanding, empathy, courage, support, love, and hopefully some fun to the journeys we have with our bodies. There is hope and strength in your body, and my goal is to help you find it. Today on Meet Your Body, I am so excited to bring you the first episode of our hysterectomy series. I knew that this is something that we really needed to dive into and to talk a lot about. It's something that's near and dear to my heart, and it's something that I know you all have questions about too and affects so many of you out there. I get daily emails, messages, and DMs all about hysterectomy and what you've been through and questions you have. So I'm excited to dive in and help go through all of those. Hysterectomy is the second most common surgery in the U.S. and over 500,000 are done every year. That tells you what a common surgery this really is. It affects so many of us, not only here in the U.S., but around the world. One thing I will say is even though it's common, it doesn't mean that there's a lot of information out there about hysterectomy. I think it's a few things. I think that many stories are different, and so there's a lot of conflicting information out there about how people respond to hysterectomy and how they recover afterwards. I also feel that because it's so common, it's brushed off a little bit. And I don't know if there's a lot of intention in that, but I think a lot of medical professionals who offer hysterectomies don't offer a lot of clear guidelines or guidance afterwards because it is so common. They feel like, oh, this is done all the time. You'll be fine. You're on your way and sent away without a lot of helpful information about what comes next. So that's what I am here to hopefully provide is to give you some really clear guidance, some actionable steps, things you need to know. And future episodes of the series will talk specifically about exercise and hysterectomy, how to recover after surgery, things like that. Today, I want to talk about what you need to know before you have surgery. First, I want to discuss the terminology around a hysterectomy because truly the more words you have to use when it comes to any kind of surgery and talking to your healthcare professional, the more you can advocate for yourself. So a total hysterectomy is the removal of the uterus and the cervix. A supracervical hysterectomy is the uterus only, and that's a really important distinction because honestly, when we're reading, when we're talking, when we're writing, typically we just say hysterectomy, but there's a lot of different things included in that. So total hysterectomy is what we use to say the removal of the uterus and the cervix. Supracervical hysterectomy is the uterus only. Then there's also a total hysterectomy with bilateral salpingo-oophorectomy, which means uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, and ovaries. And then finally, there's a radical hysterectomy with bilateral salpingo-oophorectomy, which is uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, ovaries, upper portion of the vagina, and surrounding tissues. And typically that kind of hysterectomy is used when there's cancer involved. 
So while those might seem like big medical words and terminology, it is vital that you get comfortable with some of this verbiage. Again, it's how you can really advocate for yourself. It's how you can learn to ask questions. It's how you can learn to interpret some of the things you read and stories that you hear. It is vital for you to really feel empowered in this. So become comfortable with some of this terminology as we talk through it. Take notes as you need to. I, again, really think that you should go into any appointments with your surgeon with a list of questions written out. It is your job and it is your right to have those questions answered. So go through them, get answers, and don't let that doctor or surgeon or healthcare professional leave the room until you have them answered. So go ahead, grab paper and pen, and let's get started. So one thing that you want to ask from the get-go is why you are being considered for a hysterectomy. And while that may seem simple, it is amazing to me how many women I work with who actually don't know the answer to that, which is understandable because it can be multifaceted and it's not always clear cut. So truly ask why. Why are you considering me for a hysterectomy? Why is this the best possible option? Talk through those things. For me personally, I had a hysterectomy at the age of 41, and the reason was my prolapse. I had multiple prolapses, including a uterine prolapse. It was not getting better. It was grade four. That was my only option. But I asked a lot of questions. Why? Why is a hysterectomy appropriate here? Is it going to help my exact situation? I also have endometriosis. And so that was a piece of that. Why is hysterectomy possibly helpful or not helpful for endometriosis? Ask if you have fibroids, if you have been bleeding for months. All of those are very valid concerns and reasons why you might have a hysterectomy. But have those answers with you because not only does it give you more knowledge, but it also can help you feel empowered going into the surgery. I hang on, I hung on to that why quite a bit when I was doubting the surgery, when I had fear, when I wasn't sure what the results were going to be. I went back to that why. I went back to the fact of, oh yeah, I have this prolapse that I have worked seven years to improve. It's not going to get better on its own. I've been through everything I possibly can to help it. It hasn't worked. That is the why. That is why I'm having a hysterectomy. And I could come back to that to find a little bit of peace when I was questioning having the surgery itself. So make sure you find out why. The next thing I want you to know and to find out is what exactly they will be doing in that surgery. So the terminology I gave you at the beginning of this podcast, this is where it comes into play. Find out what exactly are you taking out? You taking out my uterus, which most likely they are if you're having a hysterectomy, but what else are they removing? Are they removing your cervix or is it uterus only? Are they removing both fallopian tubes? Are they removing one or both ovaries? What exactly is being taken out? Talk through that. And again, it is okay to seek second opinions. I highly recommend that you seek second opinions. Not only because you might be searching for a different surgeon, but simply to get information. And for me, talking to multiple surgeons actually was helpful because I heard the same thing from each one. So it kind of solidified my opinion about my original surgeon. I thought, oh, okay, I am in a good place because all of these other doctors are simply repeating what he has already said. 
So get other opinions, but coming back to find out what exactly they're taking out and how that is going to affect you. You also want to find out anything additional that they're adding or doing. So find out what the surgical procedure is. One of those issues may be abdominal hysterectomy versus laparoscopic hysterectomy. Okay, so abdominal hysterectomy means that you are going to have an incision in your abdominal area and they're going to remove your parts from the incision. A laparoscopic hysterectomy means that you are going to have small holes into your abdomen and they will remove things that way. And then finally, you could be having a vaginal hysterectomy, which means that they can remove it all simply from your vagina and there's no incisions necessary whatsoever. So various things that can affect this is if you have large fibroids or any kind of growths, many times they will need to do an abdominal hysterectomy. They'll need to make an incision if those growths or fibroids are big enough that they feel they need to do that to remove them. A laparoscopic hysterectomy sometimes is done if there's other issues involved. So each of my abdominal surgeries, I've had three now, and each of them have been laparoscopic. So that means that little holes, I've had four little holes for each of my surgeries, um, typically one through the belly button, one down by the pubic bone, and then two kind of out by your hip bones. And those are used for the instruments they'll need and then also the camera. So a small camera is inserted that way and they do everything through those holes. And then the least invasive obviously is a vaginal hysterectomy where they can do everything up through the vagina. But find that out because it is going to make a big difference in your recovery whether you have incisions or not. And then one final thing for that area to keep in mind is some of those decisions are made when you are under anesthesia. So for me, for example, with my history of endometriosis and severe scar tissue, my doctor told me we're gonna try to do this laparoscopically, but I'm gonna have a second surgeon on site because if we find enough scar tissue that everything's really bound down, we're gonna need to do an abdominal incision and need to do a deeper surgery to get everything out. So I appreciated that candor going in and many of my clients are told that as well, that they expect to do a laparoscopic hysterectomy, but if there are other issues involved, again, like fibroids or an endometriosis or something like that, they may have to make a last minute call to do an abdominal incision. Just keep that in mind, but ask. This is why you ask these questions. So I hope you're writing them down and you're ready to go in with your list. Another question to ask is if there's going to be anything like a mesh involved. And again, this is typically not included with a hysterectomy. So keep that in mind. This is included sometimes if there are additional issues like prolapse. And we are going to do a prolapse series later on in this podcast where we get into details with that. But just for now, know if you do have a prolapse in addition to needing a hysterectomy, make sure that you're asking a few extra questions such as, will there be mesh involved? Will you need a bladder sling? And make sure you find out if they're going to do a bladder voidance test. One more piece to know and ask about the procedure itself is what it looks like when you wake up from anesthesia. How long will you be staying at the hospital? Are you going to have to fill any prescriptions for medication? 
Are you going to be able to drive that week? Those kind of things you want to ask and know beforehand because when you do wake up from anesthesia, you tend to be very foggy, groggy. You are not fully available to ask or answer or process questions. So make sure you get that information ahead of time. So, so far we have discussed the importance of asking why you're having a hysterectomy and then also knowing exactly which type and what kind of surgical procedure they're doing. Another thing I really want you to understand and ask about is what the implications are for your hormones. So something important to know is that your ovaries are in charge of hormones when it comes to cycling. So if you are already in menopause, this is going to be different than if you are not. So if you are not in menopause and you go in to have a hysterectomy and they remove both ovaries, you will wake up in menopause. All right, so if you do not have your ovaries, you will wake up in menopause. Even if you're already in menopause and you go in and have both ovaries taken, it will change what your hormones are doing. Personally, I will tell you what I chose to do. I, again, was 41 years old when I had a hysterectomy. I was still cycling regularly. I chose to keep one ovary. So one ovary, typically research shows us, will take over for both of them. So by keeping one ovary, I had a better chance of my hormones staying at the same levels as they were prior to a hysterectomy. So I chose to keep one ovary. I will say that means I still cycle. I don't have a period because I do not have a uterus. Okay, so I had uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, and one ovary removed. So I have one ovary left. So I still have a cycle. I ovulate every other month from that ovary and I still feel it. I know when I'm going to ovulate, I still have some of those symptoms and I still have endometriosis symptoms. So if you do choose to keep an ovary and you have not been through menopause, you could still have endometriosis symptoms. I chose to do that anyway because I was not willing to go into menopause yet. And I want to tell you an important statistic to know as you make this choice for yourself. Research shows us that the younger you have a hysterectomy, the higher your chance at Alzheimer's, dementia, and different issues such as that. All right, so we have a higher chance the earlier we have a hysterectomy and the earlier we go into menopause. And what they believe that is from is actually the loss of hormones. So if someone does go on to hormone replacement therapy immediately afterwards, those statistics are dropped down. Now, I am not here to tell you whatsoever to go on HRT or not. That is not my specialty. I am not in a place that I am the person to talk to about that. I personally did not go on HRT afterwards, but even with one ovary, I noticed a change in my hormones. I worked with a functional medicine doctor and I went on a few natural supplements to help with that. Okay, so I just want to tell you that one, it is important information for you to have and it's important information for you to ask about. And two, no matter who you are, what you had taken out, or your age, I do recommend that you have a full hormone panel done after a hysterectomy simply to have your new baseline and to know where you stand and what might need to be addressed. 
All right, so simply hang on to that information because in my opinion, it is not discussed enough. It is not brought up by doctors typically. It again kind of can be brushed off and I think it's a really important factor for feeling good and feeling like yourself again after surgery. At least that is what it has done for me going through and having those hormones checked. So again, just know if you have both ovaries removed, you will wake up in menopause. If you keep one ovary, talk to your doctor, but typically research shows us that that one ovary can take over for both. And then also final piece to take from this is simply to have a full hormone panel done after surgery to know where you stand and what your new baseline is. Another thing to know going into surgery is what your restrictions will be afterwards. And by this, I mean your movement restrictions. Typically, a surgeon will tell you, take it easy for six weeks and then you should be fine. And I'm saying that word for word that sometimes that is the extent of the information you're given, which truly isn't very helpful. What does take it easy mean exactly? So ask specifics. Will I have a lifting restriction? Will I not be able to lift more than a certain amount of pounds for a certain amount of time? If you have an abdominal incision, ask, can you get in and out of the shower? When can you get it wet? Ask if you can go for long walks. Ask specifically when you can get back to the activities and sports you like. If you play tennis, if you like to swim, if you do Pilates, ask those questions. And if you're not getting clear answers, I highly recommend that you find someone you can talk to or work with who can give you really clear guidance. I personally see many Zoom clients a week for this exact thing where I give workout programs and help talk through when they can start moving again. I know there are personal trainers and other people out there who do the same. So get the answers you need. I just don't ever want anyone to get to a place of fear where you're afraid to move because you don't know if you're going to make it better or worse. I promise you, you will be able to move and walk and swim and lift weights and do Pilates and all of those things again after a hysterectomy. It may take a little bit of time, but really make sure you find some clear guidance to help you get back to that place of feeling super strong again. Another really helpful thing is to ask to see a pelvic floor physical therapist after your surgery. This is not typically offered and it absolutely should be. The information that you can get from a pelvic floor PT is invaluable. Many times they're happy to see you four to six weeks after your surgery. They're going to check your pelvic floor. They're going to check your abdominal muscles. They can help with your hips or any tightness you might be feeling so that you are set up for success to go on and move into that next phase of healing and recovery and strength. As a summary to all of those things that I just mentioned that are important to ask about and talk to your doctor about, I want you to feel empowered and never embarrassed about the words you use and the questions you ask. You may want to ask about sex after surgery. Do it. That's important information. Don't be embarrassed and don't let anyone brush you off. You may want to ask about getting on and off the toilet the first time and how that's going to feel. These are important things to find out about. Use the terminology. Feel empowered in your questions. Know that this is your body. Repeat after me. This is my body. I deserve to feel my best and to get my questions answered. So again, like I said at the beginning, write them down. 
let go of any embarrassment or shame you might have, know that you are in charge of your body, get your questions answered, and it absolutely will set you up for more success after surgery. There is one more piece that I want to discuss that is always important to me to bring up when I discuss hysterectomy because it was a really big part of my personal story and that's the fact that you may need to do some mourning when it comes to having a hysterectomy and this isn't the case for everyone. You may be very excited about having a hysterectomy. You might be ready to celebrate it and have so much relief because you have been waiting to take a little bit of control over your body. And that's wonderful. If you are in that place, you can celebrate that. I think it's great. For me personally, I had to do quite a bit of mourning the loss of this part of my body. I was 41 years old, like I mentioned. I didn't feel like it was my personal choice. My body had decided it was what I needed due to my prolapse, my uterine prolapse, my endometriosis. I had always wanted more kids and I really had to go through a period of knowing that that wasn't in the cards for us. And it was important for me to go through that prior to my surgery so that I was in the best place emotionally to have the surgery and then open my eyes after anesthesia and walk into a place of recovery. I wanted to open my eyes and be ready to take that first step into recovery, into this new amazing body that I was given. I wanted to believe that I would get strong again and feel amazing and feel sexy and feel confident. And so I needed to personally go through that sadness, and that mourning before surgery. So for me, it was taking a lot of walks and thinking through it. It was thanking my body for what it had given me. It was some journaling. I just needed to take some time, and I personally did not schedule that surgery until I had been through that so that, again, I could step forward into my power, into this next phase of my life. So I know that might not affect all of you listening, but I always like to bring it up because it's something that isn't discussed. And I think it is something important that does affect many of us. So if that's you, take your time. Don't apologize for it. Own that. Do what you need to do to really be ready for that next phase that comes from a hysterectomy. I hope today's episode gave you some really actionable steps and tools so that you can have the best experience possible. Remember, this is about you. It's not about anyone else's story or anyone else's experience. This is about you feeling the best in your body and your skin and being able to move forward with that feeling of strength and ownership and safety in your body. If you need more resources and tools, stick with us here on Meet Your Body as we have more episodes coming. And then also go to my website, jessicavalantpilates.com. I have a free hysterectomy resource guide that will give you many links to YouTube videos about my own story and my recovery, as well as workouts, which includes a 10-week hysterectomy workout guide that I've put together. 
You can also find a link to work together virtually online if you feel you do need a little more one-on-one guidance when it comes to movement before or after surgery. As always, thank you so much for being here, and I will see you next time on Meet Your Body. As always, thank you so much for stopping by today. If you have a moment, please rate and review this podcast as it helps us out tremendously. For more workouts and resources, you can come over to my website, my YouTube channel, or join my unlimited community. Links for those are below.